I threw it all. I know that we have to do everything in love. And so as we were sitting in a meeting, uh, we were talking about, you know, just planning out the calendar and things like that. And, you know, I had binge watched this TV show, <laughs> you know, on Netflix. And uh, I was like, you know what? That would make a, a good series. Not knowing that he would say, it's yours. All right, God. But I had to examine myself just to kind of get my bearings, to understand exactly what it is that I needed to do for myself so that I could be a living testimony for all of you so that when you see me outside of this place, you can see that I'm attempting to live a life that's pleasing to God. And I want to I emphasize the word attempting because so many times we'll find, and I'm not preaching yet, I'm just giving you the, the preface. This is just the beginning. So many times we'll put so much weight on the person that stands in the pulpit that we'll forget that they're a human and that they're prone to make mistakes. And so I'm going to be very transparent in things over the next couple of weeks as it relates to myself. And if it pricks your heart or if it rings your doorbell, then let me in. Because the only way that we're going to progress and move forward is together. God didn't call us to do this on our own. And so it's going to take all of us to be able to move this thing forward. And so I'm, I'm just excited about being here. Um, I want to thank Bishop. I want to thank him for uh, allowing God to use him to allow me to operate in my calling. Uh, I want to thank my family, my wife, and my church family. I want to thank you guys as well for being welcoming to me uh, and my family over the years. And so I just want to thank God. Though. You know, I want, to, I want to give him the most praise because without him, I'm nothing. And, and I realized that a long time ago when, when I was sitting on top of the world and, and then I wasn't giving him what he deserved and he took it all from me. So, so, so when I hear things that, that ring true for me, I can't, I can't do nothing but praise God for you all. Whenever you're getting ready to come out of your thing, I'm just, just know that it's going to be over as long as you believe. Just believe and, and pay attention to the process. Ah, I'll get to that in a second, but let's pray. Dear gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, for loving us, for giving us another opportunity to come together to fellowship and to worship and to show your love through praise. Lord, I ask right now that you empty all of me out, leave not a remnant, and pour all of you into me. I ask for a fresh new anointing. It's already here, God, so I give you glory for that. I give you glory for the anointing, Father God, so I, I just ask that you continue it through this, through this time, and I ask that you let your word reach someone and let them not leave the same way that they came. All those things we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So as I was saying about <clears throat> this, this, this series, I was talking with my wife and I was going over. We were, you know, she's going through school and ministry so she can kind of get a feel for a lot of the process and, and what it takes to put together um, a 
sermon, and so we were, she was bouncing some ideas off me, and I was bouncing some off her, and I was letting her know, you know, kind of what I was thinking. And some people would automatically think that a Breaking Bad series is just about identifying what you're doing wrong and breaking bad habits and breaking all of these bad things. And that is some of the, some of the crux of what we're going to talk about. But it's also about coming up with a solution after you've identified and acknowledged the problem or the issue. And so I like to, after I acknowledge, I don't like to spend too much time on the negative. I like, to, I, like, I like to focus my attention more so on a solution. How can we move past where we are? Because many times we already know the bad, right? We, we can see it within ourselves, and, 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 and the, after it's been acknowledged, I think that's enough. I don't need to keep getting poked and, and stabbed every time, so give me a solution, and that's what I want to do. This, this first week is going to be about laying a foundation for the rest of the weeks to come. And so... The title scripture for this particular week is going to be Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 24. And it's, it's just a great tie-in that it's the first Sunday because it deals with the cross. He said, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. And follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose his life. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Now, I chose Luke out of the three different references in the Bible because this is the only one that had the word daily. Many times people will use this scripture and they will forget the daily. And, and, and when you stand before people, you have to let them know that the process, there's a process to get to the promise. And so you can't get to the promise without going through the process. And the process doesn't just end after one day. Many of us have been in a situation for days, for weeks, for months. Some of us, because we're not listening to God, we've been stuck in the process for years. And so what we want to do today is we, we, we want to identify how God got through the process. Once we decide to give our lives over to Christ by accepting him as our Lord and Savior, we have just committed to picking up our cross. Christ being all-knowing, he provided warning and instruction. Warnings that stated that following him would entail suffering and hardship as shown in Matthew 5.10, and you don't have to go there. I just want to read it to you. Here's the warning. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So he's letting you know off top that if you decide to pick up your cross and follow him, there will be persecutions to follow. But he also said that for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So there is a reward. Blessed are you when others mock you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So he's letting you know that if you decide to pick up your cross and follow him, there will be, there will be people that will mock you and there will be people that will call you liars and, and, and not believe what it is that he said. But here's another reward. It says rejoice and celebrate because Great is your reward in heaven. He didn't say here on earth, so 
you may not get your reward here, but you've got to finish the process. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you, they will persecute you. God gave us instructions because he knows that most of us will want to negotiate with them. Right? How many times have we been in situations where we will say, ah, God, I, if, if you give me this now, you know, I'll never do it again. If you forgive me for this sin, I promise I won't do it again. Or if you, if, if you get me out of this, if I do it again, take this away from me. We, 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 we open up the negotiation table with God and that ain't it. We'll want to figure out a way not to have to deal with the pain and suffering and skip right to the benefits of salvation. But this is a byproduct of being born into this world, a world of sin. A well-known psychoanalyst named Freud describes this as the pleasure principle. See, you guys thought pleasure principle came from Janet Jackson, but it actually came years and years ahead. The pleasure principle is the driving force of the id, also known as the ego or the superego. A close relative to pride, right? Which is listed as one of the seven deadly sins. As humans, we seek immediate gratification of all needs. We don't want to go through the process. From a Christian perspective, that means that we don't want to have to go through any tests or trials. We just want the blessing. Even if we are not yet worthy or don't have the capacity to handle said blessing. Meanwhile, missing out or delaying the process which is designed to help us grow our capacity to be able to handle the blessings that God has on the other side of that test or trial. Now, you'll see me read from this because as God gave me the word, I put it on paper, and I want to make sure that I'm giving you everything that he gave to me. Christ demonstrated to us that no one is above the process, not even him. His life is a testimony about living the process. Christ came down from heaven to give us a living example of what it's going to take for us to achieve our place as heirs to the throne of grace. Christ literally and figuratively carried his cross. We could examine this whole life and find examples that will provide proof of what we need to do, but I want to focus on his journey, just a small piece of his journey, which is from conviction to crucifixion. So they have the title up already. So for a few moments, just a few more moments, I just want to speak to you about enduring your cross. As Christ was condemned to death, he experienced many of the same things that we experience in every test and trial that we go through. How many of us have experienced betrayal? Abandonment. Sin. Abuse. Death. Not literally just yet, but for those of us that have decided to walk after Christ, the Bible tells us that we must die to our flesh, just as in the scripture said, right? So if we die daily, there's the death. Resurrection, and then being a conqueror. I love my brother. I love, I love my brother. I love my brother. I miss my brother. So I'm just going to identify just a few of, of, of the things that, of, of, that, that Christ 
endured as he went on his journey from conviction to crucifixion. So let's start with betrayal. Can you imagine the sorrow that he felt when one of his own trusted friends became his traitor? His homeboy betrayed him for a mere 30 pieces of silver. And for those of you that I'll equate that to modern day times, that's about 950 bucks. His name was Judas. Can you imagine being denied by someone you thought was once your closest friend because they didn't want to end up with the same fate as you, but once called them your ride or die? His name was Peter. As you endure your cross, I'm sure that we all have encountered situations where we put too much of our trust in man and we don't give God our issues. We as humans tend to seek a tangible relief for the things that are causing us tension and angst. We seek out people and not the Father. We put our trust in the wrong places. When the world tells us, when the word tells us in Proverbs 18:24, a man of too many friends comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Someone who's, who doesn't have Facebook, an Instagram, a Twitter, or a cell phone that can or will call and tell your business to other people. And then it end up all over social media. And then you having to backtrack and you have to, oh, that wasn't me. Oh, oh, it got leaked. Oh, uh, I don't, I was hacked. So, so if, 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 right, if, if our Christ could be betrayed, what makes you think that you are above reproach? So here, here's, here's the thing about betrayal. They can only betray the things they know. For if you give God your cares, as the Bible tells us to, he's not going to put you on Facebook or Instagram. So as you decide today to pick up your cross and to carry and follow after Christ, understand that there will be betrayals but only to the extent that you will allow. So you have to remember that you get to control who betrays you and who doesn't. But if you put your trust in the one who will never fail you, who will stand with you regardless of, of, of everything that it is that you do, he'll never betray you. He who controls your destiny, he will guide you. Christ is the one that, can tell, that you can truly tell everything. He can provide an insight that others can't. So if I feel like, hey, baby, I want to tell you something, but let me tell God first. Let me figure out if you actually the right person that I should be talking to. We've got to pull back from all of this yapping and realize that if we're not praying just as much as we tweeting or texting, we're setting ourselves up for failure. As you decide to pick up your cross, there is also a burden that you will have to carry. Christ's burden was of sin. But his agony didn't start once he was convicted, but more so when he was born. John 18, 37 tells us, to this end, I was born. 
And for this cause, I came into this world. So he's telling us in his, in his word right now that he was born to die. He came here to save our soul. So he already knew from the top that this is what that he had to do. It also says that I should bear witness unto the truth. So to dispel rumors of people saying that, hey, this is not real. This is a made-up religion. This is a white man's religion. This is something that they're trying to force down to us. God sent his son down as a living example on it. This is exactly what will happen. He came just like we did. He died, which we also will have to do either literally or figuratively because if he continues to delay his return, some of us will ultimately reach that end. But here's the bonus. He rose. And that's the good news. Mark 10, 45 says, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. None of us have had a choice in deciding if we're going to be born or not. But the great thing is, though we were born into a world of sin, our debt has already been paid. Okay, y'all not happy about the, the debt being paid. I'm, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy that God sent his son down to die so that I might have a chance to live. Christ created a credit account for each of us, even though we may have bad credit today. That's one of those accounts that will last through eternity. So he created a credit account for each one of us because he knew that though he was making the sacrifice, his grace and mercy would have to spend time to cover us all. Christ knew that because we had the ability to make decisions that we would all mess them up and fall and not do the things that were pleasing in his sight. And I'll reference us as parents. Those of you that have children, you'll know that we can sit back and tell our kids what to do and what not to do. But they will make their own decision, and regardless, we as parents will be there to cover them in whatever way we have to. So just like God the Father decided to send his son down to die on the cross for our sins, to cover us, he's our ultimate parent. So as you continue to pick up your cross and you take that journey with Christ, understand that you're covered. Understand that he paid the price already for you to get through whatever test and trial that you're going through. It's not bleak because you have to struggle. Understand that it's a reason you are where you are. As I said before, too many of us want the promise without the process. We want to skip the agony and get right to the pleasure, but we have to understand that there's growth that's necessary in order for us to get what God has in store for us. Understand that you're covered. Understand that we got good credit with him. Another thing that God went through was abuse. John 19, 16, and 17 says that they delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross. Can you imagine? Just for a second, can you imagine? Knowing that you have to face death, that's one thing. But to know that you've got to carry the instrument of your demise? (sighs) 
But I feel good because I know the end of the story already. They took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place of the skull, which is Aramaic for Golgotha. It is said that Christ was given to Roman authorities at Pontius Pilate's palace. And the distance between there and Golgotha was about 650 yards or the length of six and a half football fields. There were no cars back then, so he had to walk over three quarters of a mile carrying the tool that would help aid in his own death. And not only did he have to carry his own weight, but that tool approximately weighed between 80 and 110 pounds. So just imagine picking up Dominic and carrying him around for six and a half football fields. For those of us that may not know what happened before he started walking the Via Dolorosa with his cross, here's why it's so bad. The scripture tells us in 50, Isaiah 52, 14, that as many were astonished at you. And so if you don't know, the crucifixion happened in the New Testament. Isaiah is a part of the Old Testament. So they gave us forewarning of what, to, what was to come. It said that as many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond semblance and his form beyond that of a children of mankind. In other words, they beat my Savior to a point to where he was unrecognizable and then made him carry his own cross. How many of us have been in situations where we feel the abuse has been too much and we want to give up? We don't want to carry this cross anymore. We stand up here and we proclaim the word of God, but as soon as we get into one of those situations where it's too much, I got, I got to take this off. I, I'm going to go back and do what I was doing because it was a lot less pain, less. I was sitting in the office with Deacon Mike before the service started, and this is how true this is. This is confirmation. If you don't believe anything that I'm saying, another preacher in another state said that it's okay. The enemy of this world will allow you to have Sunday morning because he's got you on Sunday night. So we can sit here right now. You can tell me amen, amen, amen. You go through hell outside these doors, and as soon as you get out of here, you're taking it off. You put down your cross so that you can obtain all of the things that will give you pleasure instead of sticking with the process. That way you receive the promise. The enemy is okay with, with, with you coming here right now and you paying your tithes and you thinking that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing because he knows as soon as you get outside, you're going to lay down. I'm, I'm, I'm going to meet you in the parking lot, and we're going to have a different kind of conversation about this other thing that just happened because you wronged me. So the abuse that we take will cause us to contemplate laying down our cross, but understand that if you stick with the process, you'll get to the promise. Our cross may not be that in which Christ or our travel may not be the road that Christ traveled. But believe when you feel like you don't have the strength to carry on, that he will give you the strength to persevere. Don't give up. The Bible tells us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So no matter how horrible the abuse, remember that our Savior was beaten. He was spit on and ridiculed. He was embarrassed also that we might be saved. And if you need me, I'll be your Simon that just goes to show you, y'all got to get in your word. Because as, tra- as Christ traveled that road, it got to a point to where he even needed somebody. 
I, I, right, right. I can, I can walk around. I don't need nobody, but even Christ needed somebody. So if you need me when you're going through your situation or your storm, I don't need to know what it is. Just tap me and say, I need you to sub in for me real quick. I need you to be here for me because I, I don't feel like I can go on any further. What I'm going through is kicking my tail, but I need you to just sub in for me because you're displaying faith. I may not be perfect. I may not have everything that God is destined for me to have yet. But what I promised myself and what I promised you from this day forward is that if you need me, I'm there. There's no abuse that you have to endure alone. And see, this is one of the things that the church has to understand, that it's our responsibility to be the Simon. We don't need to know your business. We just need to be there. We need to stop talking about each other and start talking to each other. We've got to sit up here and begin to uplift. This is the only way that we're going to get to where God wants us to be. We keep talking about destiny. We keep talking about all these things that God has for us, but we're missing the process. Nobody wants to go through the process anymore. Don't give up because things may seem like they bleak. Because you feel like, I learned this a long time ago. Growing up in corporate America, I worked since I was 14 years old. First black manager at Wells Fargo in Orange County at the age of 21. I realized a long time ago that if people feel like they've got you pressed up against the wall, they'll treat you any way they want to. But here's the thing about growth, understanding that I've got somebody. I've got people that I can lean on when I feel like I ain't got nothing. I realize that I can call up somebody and say, hey, you know what? I don't feel like cooking today. In all reality, I ain't got no food in the refrigerator. I just want to come over and eat something with you. Because we've all been in a situation where we have and we don't have. And so we've got to understand that in order for us to get to where God wants us to be, we've got to endure the abuse. We've got to endure our burden. We've got to understand that betrayal will happen. And if we continue through the process, then we understand through the scripture that death is inevitable. The most horrible reality of taking up your cross is realizing that death is a part of the process. The scripture tells us that, that if we choose to follow Christ, we must die to our flesh, our flesh daily. All the while knowing that if Christ continues to delay his return, some of us will realize the same literal death that he did when he died on the cross. But here is the reward. Though it may be deserved for some of us to receive that fate, the Son of God died so that we could live. 1 Peter 3.18 says, for Christ also died for sins once and for all, for the just and the unjust, so that he might bring us to God. Because Christ endured his cross and completed his task here on earth, our souls, are no, our souls no longer have to die. Because Christ came down on earth and he died for our sins, understand that our souls do not have to die. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about having an opportunity to live an eternal life. Though this simple flesh here may die, my soul will live on in eternity. I don't know about you, but I'm excited at the fact that because he endured his Christ and I chose to follow him, I get to live eternally. So no matter my journey to crucifixion, but my Savior stood in my place. 
My faith is strong because I believe that no matter what the enemy tries, not even death can keep me from my destiny. I shall sit at the throne and marvel at all that he has done. Eternal life is the gift that Christ paid for with his life. Endure your Christ, don't put, endure your cross, don't put it down. Through death we shall live eternally. Understand something. Once he came down and he died on the cross for your sins, no matter your mistake, no matter the road that you have to travel, once you decide to accept him as your Lord and Savior, your seat in heaven has already been set. No matter the mistakes you make, because he gave us an opportunity to live again, to live on eternally, our seat has been set. Now, here's the two good points. Resurrection. Luke 24, 1 through 5 says, But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened, they bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? John eleven twenty five 25 tells us that Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. So it's further proof that no matter your situation, as long as you die to your flesh every day, you have an opportunity to live because he died for you. He died for you. On that third day when they went to the when they went to the tomb thinking that he was there and he wasn't, though it may have been frightening, do you know that I stand here today rejoicing because I know that my Savior lives? So regardless of what society tells me about my religion, they tell me that it's not real. They tell me that I shouldn't have faith. They tell me all of these things about it. But here it is in Scripture. If it's easy for us to believe a text message, why is it so hard for us to believe the Word? Why can't we stand on the word of God, but we can take a oops, or I didn't mean it, but the word says to stand on it. It's here, it's concrete. Regardless of the translation, it's the word. He is the word. So no matter what it is that you go through throughout the course of your life, pick up your cross. Don't put your cross down. Understand that if Christ went through it, why, are, why, why should I be, why should I have to go through why, why shouldn't I have to go through the same thing that he did? What makes me greater than him? He's telling us, endure the process. Because at the end of the process, you get to live eternally. So if you're happy with, with being buried over at Inglewood Cemetery, cool. Cool. I'm not knocking nobody that's already there. But I serve a God who told me that if this flesh happens to die, there's going to come a day where he's going to come back. And because I believed, he's going to raise me up. And I'll be able to sit with him and talk about how great of a work he has done, what an example that he has given. And because I chose to live, I can be truly free. Because no matter what they're telling us today, it doesn't matter. We're not free. We're bound by too many things. In him, we have freedom. 
In him we have peace. In him we have understanding. Because it's too many of us trying to lean on our own instead of going to him. We take this word, we spin it, we flip it, we try to make it, what we, what it what, what's going to fit the situation. But it's here. It's black and white, sometimes red. I'd prefer to read the red. Because then there's no question, right? Y'all know what the red is in the Bible? It's Jesus talking. We're going to have to bring back Bible study or something, Sunday school. We got to get this word in us. Christ knew that there would be skeptics. And he knew that in order for us to really build, we would need to be able to anchor our faith to something tangible. And so what better way for us to know that if we endure our cross, that on the other side, just like him being resurrected, those who believe in him shall have the same opportunity. Now here, this is, this is something that I've been trying to get to. And sometimes, you know, when, you, when you're watching a movie, and she's bad at this, so don't watch a movie that she's seen. Because she wants to tell you, and then, you know, it's, ah, and ah, and then you backtrack. This is the part that I really wanted to get to because I, I knew the end of the story at the beginning. Because I wasn't there, but it was recorded. So, so, so the word tells us that he was resurrected, right? But, but what we have to understand that in his resurrection, he became a conqueror. I don't know about you, but as I pick up my cross and I continue to carry my cross, regardless of the trial, regardless of the situation, I know that if I endure the process, that I can stand on his word and proclaim that I'm victorious. Too many of us will give way to the enemy where he comes in and provides doubt. But if you don't doubt and you trust in the word of the Lord, you'll understand that victory is yours. We stand up here and we sing these songs proclaiming victory. But the thing about it is, how many of you really believe it? Because when you leave out of here, you go back to thinking the same way you did before you came. So there's no victory in doubt. There is no hope in you because you're sitting up here perpetrating. What we've got to do is we've got to stand on his word. If we're going to proclaim victory, regardless of what it is that we go through, if I lose my life today, I know that I'm a conqueror because I believed in him, because I stood on his word, because he showed me with his own life that he can come down, he can endure hell, but he came out victorious. I like what the Bible tells us, though. It says that at the end of it all, Christ stood as the conqueror. He conquered betrayal. He conquered sin. He conquered abuse. He conquered death. Some of you are too scared to read the book of Revelation. But you need to get in your word. Revelation 118 says, I am who, I am he who lives. And once was dead. And behold, I am alive. But here's the key word. Forevermore. Then it says amen. You can say amen. But it also tells us that I have the keys to hell and of death. When Christ speaks of himself as he who lives and was dead and is alive, he is referring to his eternal existence. And he is offering us the same thing. He defeated hell, death, and the grave so that the fight that we have, we won't have to endure that. He is victorious for us all. We just have to endure our cross until he tells us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. It doesn't say, well done, thy good and faithful leader. It says, well done, 
thy good and faithful servant. If he came down to serve, why am I too good to serve? Let me stand in his seat. Ah, thank you, God. What we have to, ah, I tell you, there it is. Kayla left, but there it is. See, I told you, God is who I need. They tell us that he, he just puts the words, I am. And that's all we need, right? So whatever situation or circumstance you are, you're in, understand that the I am is greater than your situation or circumstance. Understand that he conquered death and he conquered hell and he has the keys to life and death. So he controls it all. That's not a fight that we have to worry about. The only fight that we have to worry about is whether or not we're going to pick up our cross and endure. Or am I going to take off my cross when I feel like it and then decide to go back and pick it up? Young people understand something. Society. Society is going to tell you this doesn't make sense. Society is going to tell you that none of us were there to account. That nobody is there to prove that this is real or not. But the same way that we give credence and credit to the history books where they try to tell us what happened oh so many hundreds of years ago, it's the same credit that we need to give to this word, but also understand that those history books don't control your eternity. That as you go before and you walk out into this world, understand that the devil is here to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to get to heaven. He wants you to succumb to him so that you can stand here after we all ascend. And, and we get to our place in heaven. He wants, a, he wants a world full of imps. He wants a world full of people that don't trust. He wants a world full of people who don't know how to communicate. He wants a world full of people who get stuck in themselves, and then they'll perish. And he's happy with that. But that's not the God that you serve. We can stand here all day long, but you guys have got to understand that you've got to decide for yourself. Will you pick up your cross? That's one, that's one question. But the bigger question is, will you endure your journey? Will you handle the process? Will you understand that there's going to be sleepless nights? Will you understand that there will be betrayal? Will you understand that there will be hurt? Will you understand that there will even be death? Are you willing to stand like he stood? Are you willing to love like he loved? Are you willing to walk the same walk that he walked? We may not be in the same exact place, but walking as Christians, we're trying to live a life like Christ. So understand that God is love. And you can endure everything if you walk with him. I love you. I want us to all get to the place to where we can love one another the way that Christ loved us. And over the next couple of weeks, along with this one, this is just the beginning. This is just talking about the painful part, right? So many of us want to skip the pain and get to the crown. So understand that we've got to go through it. Understand that we will get there. Don't doubt. Don't fret. Don't leave. Open your hearts and your minds to receive Christ. Because through him, we get eternal life. The cross was just a tool that was used to nail him down. But they didn't understand who he was. They didn't know whose he was.
So as you walk out into your life, understand that they don't understand whose you are. You're an heir to the throne. Once you accept Christ, you get to live eternally. If you ever doubt, the bishop is here, the ministers are here, but by a show of hands, who's here for everybody? I'm going to hold you accountable to that. Because it's later for faking and shaking. later for faking and shaking. We don't need pew members. We need active Christians. Active Christians. And I'm going to speak to the men for a second. Step up. Step up. Step up. You want to be the change? You want to see change? Be the change. Stop talking about what's not and be what is. I look out and I see too many situations where we've got women. And God bless them because they've done what was necessary. But the Bible identifies. So men, step up. I love you. I bless God for each and every one of you. And I look forward to our spirits meeting in heaven and rejoicing and not feeling any more pain and really being able to live a life like God has designed for us. It's attainable only if you believe. God bless you.